0: Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, February 4th, 2022. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Jay Buck, I'm here in Columbus, Ohio this morning. I mean, to say we're snowed in would be an understatement. We had like a ton of ice. Then we had a bunch of snow on top of that. How was the weather there in the Valley of the Sun there in the Phoenix area?
1: The sun is shining bright, Dave. And for us right now, today is uh, about 60, 65 as the high so it's a little chilly out and uh i'm not (laughs) i'm not gonna rub it into you guys Uh, this week i was able to get up camelback mountain to the top for a little bit of exercise uh last week i had some some buddies from my hometown in portsmouth and some ohio university buddies come out uh and spend the weekend with me to hang out and watch a little bingo's football outside at the bar with the big patio tv so i can't complain
0: Shout out to Portsmouth, Ohio. My wife's family is from Portsmouth originally, as you and I have talked about on the show before. So shout out to Portsmouth, Ohio. All right, let's get into matters of business. All right, there's so much Ohio State stuff to talk about, but let's start with Jim Harbaugh. Jay Book, I find this equal parts intriguing and hilarious. Just your thought. I mean, he clearly wanted the Vikings job. Now there's all these reports out there that he went, when he went for the second interview on signing day on Wednesday. He thought he had the job. Whereas the Vikings were looking at it as like, no, this is just like a regular interview. Harbaugh, according to the young lady that reports uh, on the Vikings for ESPN, came and just thought he had the job. And the Vikings were like, this is no, this is like just like a second interview, like anybody else. This is crazy. Now he has to make the walk of shame back to Michigan. They're going to spin this like crazy. Your thoughts on Harbaugh not getting the Vikings job and coming back to Michigan?
1: Oh, my goodness, Dave. This is. This is absolutely hilarious. I can just picture this guy showing up into Minnesota's facility with cleats on mustard stain on his shirt from eating a hot dog on the plane right up there thinking that the job is his and he show, and he comes in there not prepared. They're ready to grill him on analytics and everything that they're looking for. And Jim is looking around like, I didn't know this was going to be a situation where um, I was, I was uh, going to have to fully interview. So I, I find it hilarious. I think I think this guy is is crawling back to Michigan with his tail tucked in between his legs. And it's embarrassing for him because, you know, he was telling recruits that he's probably out of there. Uh, their parents, he was telling his coaches, take the week off and figure out what you want to do with your future. And now here we are. He, he's going back to Michigan. I mean, the damage is done. You know, they're going to spin it. If you venture over to the Michigan message board, those guys were saying, just rip the Band-Aid off, just get them out of here. They were sick and tired of his shenanigans, but basically saying Michigan is not a stepping stone job for Jim. And people had his back throughout uh, the time that he was struggling to beat Ohio State Michigan State. And this is the way he repays those people who were loyal to him. So I find it hilarious because this, this guy totally went up there, thought he had a job and Wasn't prepared. They say he didn't interview well at all. And I was really suspicious of him being the lead candidate all throughout the week. Because if you read the beat reporters for the Vikings, they were basically saying uh, Minnesota was looking for a young, innovative mind who was big into analytics, which the game is trending to in the NFL. And a lot of people had concerns within an organization that Jim was going to be tough to deal with. And lo and behold, here you are. They hired a young offensive coordinator from the Rams who's big into innovation uh, coming from the Sean McVay coaching tree. And as a Bengals fan, you know, with with the McVay coaching tree with your uh, Zach Taylor. So that's where the NFL is trending at right now.
0: That's damn right. I'm glad I was wrong about Mr. Zach Taylor, future Hall of Famer, coach of the Cincinnati (laughs) Bengals, AFC champions. Super Bowl. The only thing that's going to be weird about this weekend is not watching the Bengals uh, win a playoff game. Listen, I'm I'm happy to wait a week to watch them win the Super Bowl. I'm okay with it. All right. So, <laughs> listen, we could spend an hour making fun of Harbaugh in Michigan. Let's move on. It's a long off season. We have plenty of time to do that. So, I had been looking for, as you know, to talking with Jim Knowles and the new assistant coaches. We finally got a chance to do that this um, earlier this week on Monday. Got a chance to speak with Jim Knowles. Got a chance to speak with new offensive line coach Justin Fry. New corners coach Tim Walton coming back to Ohio State. New safeties coach Perry Eliano. So, I mean, a lot to unpack there. But, like, what kind of stood out to you the most uh, when you watched those interviews for uh, with those four coaches?
1: I would say Jim Knowles. When it comes to his sense of urgency, he gets the the magnitude of where the Ohio State program is at and what the expectations are. And I thought he he laid it out beautifully to say, "Hey, when I was at Oklahoma State, it was more of we're going to build to where we're at now, meaning that they understood that it it wasn't going to happen overnight and they needed to recruit the players and build build the talent base up and implement the defense and add to the defense, whereas he understands that Ohio State, this is a win-now type of job. As he said, this is not an entry-level position, so I really appreciate him coming in there with a sense of urgency and understanding that Ohio State – fans and and the coaching staff and the program they're impatient because they're at the cusp of competing for a national championship so they're going to need him to work a miracle um that defense from what i've been hearing they came in as far as the coaching staff and it's a situation where they're going to have to pretty much strip this thing down to the studs and rebuild it back up there's some talent there but at the same time there's a lot of Bad habits that was established on the defense on that side of the ball, uh, especially with the linebacker position. And, and just knowing that Jim is going to be hands on with the linebacker position is a big sigh of relief. And then the other thing that really stood out to me with those coaches is basically just talking about the power in the, uh, of the Ohio State brand, meaning that you walk into a high school, you walk into a living room with that block O on your chest, you get a much better reception than what you would, which more than what they would typically see from the other schools that they're coming from. So I thought that was interesting to say, Hey, I come in with that Ohio State on my jacket and I'm getting welcome with open arms here. So I I really appreciate them talking about that and got a chuckle from that story.
0: And speaking of new arrivals, we also got a chance to speak with the 13 new players for the Buckeyes on Wednesday this week, and includes 11 early enrollee freshmen. So 11 of the 21 recruits in the Buckeyes 2022 class have already enrolled. And we got to speak with the two transfers, Tanner McAllister, the safety from Oklahoma State, following Jim Knowles from Oklahoma State to Ohio State, and DeMonte Trainum, who goes by Chip. Chip Trainum, for those that are wondering, why does he go by Chip? Because from a young age, his family called him Blue Chip because they knew he'd be pretty good at the sport of football. So uh, Demonte Trainum, Chip Trainum, Tanner McAllister, and the 11 early enrollee freshmen. What kind of stood out to you uh, watching those videos, Jay Book?
1: Yeah, I would just say, you know, Tanner Tanner McAllister because he's coming over uh, from Oklahoma State. He knows Jim's defense. He's going to be someone that's going to Really help these younger guys. He's going to play a lot of football. He's going to help get that defensive secondary set. He's going to be a leader in the back end. He's going to help accelerate the learning curve for the defensive backs, especially the safeties, on what Jim is looking for. And and one of the things that really made me smile when when Tanner McAllister was talking was Jim is going to be aggressive. And typically, offensive coordinators like to dictate what the defense is going to do, but with this defense, the defense is going to be so aggressive that they're going to dictate what the offense is going to do. And that and that's something that we've been missing for the longest period of time here at Ohio State is we need some head busters on that side of the football where we're going to set the tempo. We're going to set the tone instead of us playing on our heels and being passive because the offense is taking it to us. It's time for us to get back to Being aggressive and smacking some people in the mouth, and that's what you're going to get, according to Tanner McAllister. And then you look at um, the the young freshman coming in. I like what I'm hearing from Devin Brown, the quarterback out of Utah, basically said that he didn't know if uh, Quinn Ewers is going to be there or not. But he was coming in with the mentality that he was going to compete with him regardless so the fact that he's not shying away from competition, that's what you want to hear from your future quarterback. And he's saying that him as well as uh, CJ Higgs and, and Bird, those, those younger guys, they're, they want to be the leaders of that class. So they're going to set the tone for those younger guys that haven't arrived on campus yet. So I like what I'm hearing from your quarterback and some of the guys that are transferring in.
0: So the key player on this new defense, as we know, is whatever you want to call it, Leo, Jack, whatever you want to call it. It's the hybrid defensive end outside linebacker. As Jim Knowles says, Jack of all trades, but it can't be a Jack of all trades, master of none. Jack of all trades, master of all. You're really the quarterback of the defense. You can rush the passer. You can drop in coverage and cover a wide receiver. You can do anything that you need to do. And after he described that play, there's been a lot of talk of, okay, well, who on Ohio State's roster right now fits that description? Tanner McAllister himself, J-Book, said Cade Stover fits that description. I like that. I think Cade Stover does fit that description. Your thoughts. Do you think Cade's going to be the Leo-slash-Jack
1: linebacker? I do, and I think uh, for Ohio State fans, you're going to get a guy in Cade Stover who should have been playing on the defensive side of the football from the time that he signed his letter of intent for Ohio State. He is a – true and true defensive guy. He is a, he's an aggressive uh, linebacker, and I think he fits that uh, that role perfectly. He has the leaf, he has the size, he has the athleticism, and in a Rose Bowl, I thought Case Stover played extremely well, and I think Ohio State coaches previously stunted his development by not having him stay on that side of the football. They moved him around quite a bit throughout his career, but I think he's found a home, and with this defense, I think it's going to fit him like a glove. The the one thing that really made me smile was uh, Demonte trained him, basically saying that he's been working out and hanging out with K. Stover and Eichenberg, and he called those guys some dogs. He said that they're really pushing him. So I I think Kay Stover is going to be pistoled in at your Leo position. And you look at this, uh, let's go back to recruiting. We look
0: at this 2022 class now that it's in the books. Like Amari Abor was the one where we were like, okay, we're like 95% sure he's going to sign. But now it's 100%. Number four class in the nation. And there's like, you know, a clear top four. There's a pretty big gap between four and five. Your thoughts overall on this 2022 Recruiting class for the Buckeyes. Now that's all said and done,
1: is I, I think it's a really solid class. I think they addressed a lot of position and needs. Um, having your highest rated player CJ Hicks being a linebacker is a is a major boom for the for the program because linebacker um, athleticism and speed and overall talent uh, has been lacking these last several years. So being able to get uh, a CJ Hicks and a Gay Powers at linebacker, I think. He will be someone that could potentially fit the Leo position as well. I think that's big. And then just overall, I'm really excited about the pull that they got from the defense. Sonny Styles being able to reclassify and getting here, getting in here early is going to be a major help. And then you look at uh, Kenyatta Jackson, an elite pass rusher pair him with Amari Abar and then you also um, throw in Kaden Curry who a lot of people think that he is the Bosa type of pass rusher uh, I know guy other beat writers who cover uh, recruiting for Ohio State and have watched him uh, personally think that he's going to be someone that could potentially down the line be a, a multi-year starter in this program so you have to be happy with the defensive hall that you have and then one of my sleepers that I'm really excited about is um, is Kojo Atwai, wide receiver. I know he doesn't get a lot of hype, but I think that was a great pull for Brian Hartline, getting him out of Georgia, because you look at a lot of the SEC programs that was coming after him. And then the other one that's a sleeper that I'm really excited about is uh, Dallin Hayden, the running back out of Tennessee. I thought he had a heck of a, a tape if he threw on his highlight. So I like what, where, where this class is at, because I think... They touched at pretty much all positions there. You got a star quarterback. You got your running back. Uh, the wide receiver position is absolutely loaded. You address some needs at the uh, offensive line. And then at the same time, you absolutely load it up on the defense because that's that's where it's going to be at. Can Ohio State get that defense to uh, perform at an elite, an elite level? And it all starts with recruiting. So if you can uh, pair Knows. Gymnos- getting his defense turned around and actually functioning at a high level, and you pair that with top-end talent, then the sky is the limit. Right now, Ohio State, if you look at the blue-chip ratio, that's four- and five-star guys. CBS Sports had it on National Signing Day. Ohio State's roster is composed of 79% of blue-chip players, only third behind Alabama, who is at like 84%, and Georgia, who is at 80%. So you're telling me that Ohio State is just a a percent below Georgia when it comes to blue chip ratio. But I feel like Ohio State hasn't achieved uh, at that level yet. They're not there yet, and I think they're on their way. It's time for them to step it up and start playing some big boy football because the next closest team in the Big Ten was Michigan at like 58% of their roster were blue chip players. So if Ohio State is absolutely loaded, And and Clemson was probably fourth. And they were still like 10, 11 percent behind Ohio State. So the talent is there. It's time to stop underachieving and start playing like a big dog, which we all know that Ohio State can do it. And that's why I always tell people Ohio State has yet to come close to their ceiling as a program. As soon as they get that defensive fix, that's when they're going to be off and running
0: absolutely fantastic stuff from Jonah booker everybody can see why he is highly regarded we love hearing from jay book thank you very much to jonah thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show hope everyone has a great day and a great weekend let's hear that buckeye swag best damn band in the land